the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If this is the first time you heard the show, hey, welcome aboard. If you've heard the show in the past, you know the first part of the show we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate. And it's very important in today's world to avoid probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. And, you know, a a lot of part about estate planning is to save on taxes. And we have one of our CPAs, you know, on staff to go over a few basic things. Irina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Connors. Hello, everyone. Uh, So, yes, for uh, 2023, uh, the government... The changes that we have in 2023, as far as the estate taxes, can you just go over them briefly? Uh, yes, uh, so New York State uh, increased the uh, basic um, exclusion amount uh, from 6.1 million to 6.58 million for the uh, death after. So what that John. basically means, if you're single and your estate is worth less than six million, what's the number? Five hundred eighty thousand. Six point fifty-eight. Yeah, million. six yeah. million five hundred eighty thousand. You do not pay an estate tax, a death tax in New York. Correct. And the IRS announced the increase um, in basic exclusion to uh, 12920000 It's up to... Um, uh, from 2022 amount of 12006000 Okay, so basically that means up to almost $13 million dollars there's not a death tax as far as the federal government is concerned. Correct. And the married couple can uh, shield up to $25.84 million. Okay, which means 
You need to do the planning in advance. Like, in other words, it's not automatic. Husband dies, there's no tax between husband and wife, no matter what the amounts. So if husband dies with a $100 million estate, he leaves it to his wife, there's no tax. To his spouse, I should say, but, you know, and it doesn't even matter if you're married only a few days in some cases. But whatever's left between spouses is completely tax-free as far as the estate tax, death tax, is concerned. And that's pretty much any state in the country. Now, part of the problems we have in New York State, it's, you know, $6.5 million and change, which means between husband and wife, husband dies first. He can leave any amount to his wife, but if his wife doesn't do the proper planning or if they don't do the proper planning when they're both alive, they lose the double exemption. In other words, we can plan things out where between husband and wife in New York State, we can leave more than $13 million tax-free. But you have to plan in advance. Husband dies, wife does nothing New York State, and she dies with a $7 million estate. The children are going to pay $500,000 in taxes with no planning, and that hurts. So if you plan in advance, if we have a trust inside your will or if we have a trust with two parts... Husband can leave $6.5 million tax-free to the kids. Wife can leave $6.5 million tax-free to the kids. And we get over $13 million out tax-free. No planning, same fact pattern. Kids have to pay five, dollars $600,000 in taxes if they're only at like $7 million. Plus, if you're at $13 million, what we just said, kids are going to pay more than a $1 million in taxes without planning. So if, if you have substantial assets... You need to do your planning in advance. And, you know, some people don't think they have uh, $13 million or they don't have $6.7 million or whatever because they're really not counting everything up. As far as New York State Tax Commission is concerned, everything you own is an asset. So if you have an insurance policy you own and you own it on the day you pass away, that insurance policy is taxable to your state. If you can change the beneficiaries, that insurance policy is taxable to your state. Now, a lot of times what we do in those cases, we leave the policy in an irrevocable trust where we can't change the beneficiaries directly. And sometimes, you, you know, if you've been to our seminars, you say, well, wait a minute, you said we can change an irrevocable trust. Okay. Yes, we can. As far as Medicaid is concerned, we can change an irrevocable trust. But as far as the taxes and the insurance, that were limited by the changes. But let's say somebody has a million-dollar life insurance policy. They have their single or their spouse is gone, and they have, let's say, a $7.5 million estate. They put that insurance policy in a trust, live for three years. When they pass away, children get everything tax-free. If they don't do it right, children are going to pay six, dollars $700,000 in taxes. So, you know, and some people are, are not aware of this. If you own an insurance policy... On the day you pass away, you can change the beneficiaries. That policy is taxable to your estate. Because a lot of times, salesmen, insurance salesmen erroneously say, well, the, the insurance policy is tax-free. It's free of income tax, yes. But if you have more than a $6.5 million estate, that insurance policy gets added to your estate and is taxable. And some people think, well, if I have a joint account with my daughter, that's not taxable, is it? Well, again, if you're over $6.5 million, it's taxable to your estate. Now, again, whatever you have joint with the spouse is not taxable to your state. And I, I know some of you out there says, hey, this is getting a little confusing. But if you want to come in and schedule an appointment with us to talk it over, 
you can give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. And our goal is to get you out tax-free as much as possible. And, you know, now some people are going to say, well, I'm not anywhere near $6.5 million. But you still may, may need to do some tax planning. Let's say you paid $50,000 for your house 30 years ago. It's worth a million dollars today. And, Arena, this is something, especially with investment properties. I think, let's say, one of the spouses passes away. A, a lot of uh, accountants and real estate lawyers don't know the rules on the stepped-up basis. Let's say we have a husband and wife, and they own... We'll first start with a residence. Let's say they own a residence that's worth a million dollars. They paid $50,000 for the residence um, 30 years ago. It's worth a million dollars today. The husband dies today. What are the tax consequences of that? Yes, if the beneficiary would like to sell the property, um, uh, the value of the property will be reset as of date of this value. So the capital gains will be on the difference between your sales price and um, the appraisal value. And so in other words, let's say if somebody inherits a property, it's worth a million dollars today, and somebody sells the property for a million dollars a month from today, they do not have to pay capital gains. Correct. Most likely will result in capital losses. Right, because when you pay a real estate broker, that's a loss. Let me give an example on that, though. Let's say a personal residence, husband and wife. Husband dies today. Again, the, the couple paid $50,000 for the house 30 years ago. It's worth a million dollars today. Husband dies recently. Wife wants to sell the house. It's their personal residence. The wife can sell the house tax-free at a million dollars because let's say the house is worth a million. The husband's half was worth $500,000. So he gets a stepped-up basis on his half. So $500,000 goes out tax-free. Assuming it was the personal primary residence of both of them, the wife gets $250,000 tax-free because it's her personal residence. Then the husband... If she sells within two years of her husband's death, she gets another $250,000 tax-free. So she gets a million dollars tax-free, and then we start calculating how much money they put into the house and how much they paid for the house again. And then they take off the closing costs, how much they pay a real estate broker. And if you add it all up, this family could probably sell this house for $1.2 million. Um, and, and this is where I see a lot of people make a mistake. And if you do a trust, ordinarily, if we're doing a trust for you, we're going to make sure that you get the stepped-up basis on these assets. Um, you know, because sometimes people think, accountants sometimes think you do an irrevocable trust, you don't get the stepped-up basis. But we can um, use the language to an irrevocable trust that it um, we keep the stepped-up basis. We have enough strings attached where it's part of the taxable estate of the person that dies, and we can usually get those assets up tax-free, up to $6.5 million, $6.5 million for husband, $6.5 million for wife. Now, let's say a husband and wife has an investment property, a four-family house, and property's worth $2 million. They paid, again, 50000 for the house 30 years ago. They've run the house, as far as depreciation, to practically nothing. Husband dies today, house is worth $2 million, his half is worth a million. How much does the spouse get in the benefit as far as what she can depreciate or write off the rents? So if in case they sell it? No, in case they rent it out. Rent it out. The depreciation, the stepped-up basis on the depreciation. 
Yes, they will get step up in basis in depreciation, and uh, it will substantially uh, benefit the uh, rental income and expenses. Yeah, so basically, I'm using I'm evening things up and using round numbers, but basically, the first twenty five thousand dollars of rent in that example would not be taxed. So if the building is worth, let's say we said half is worth a million dollars, you can write up, and I'm rounding a little bit, you can write off about $25,000. So if you make, let's say, $30,000, $40,000 rent profit, you have no mortgage, you don't have a lot of expenses on the building, you're only paying income tax on, let's say, $15,000. And if it's a two-family house, you're not paying income tax at all You know, on the the rental income in an ordinary case, if you're collecting two, $3,000 a month on the income tax, you're not going to be paying any tax, let's say, in the numbers that we we're just talking about. And if, and, and this is going to be a little, uh, I would say, not very common anymore, but if a husband and wife bought a house before 1977, and let's say the husband was working and the wife wasn't, the wife gets a, a very great benefit because the IRS changed the rules in 1977. Before 1977, believe it or not, there could be an estate tax, an inheritance tax between husband and wife. And the IRS always took the position that the husband was working, the wife wasn't. So if the husband was working and he died, the assets, all of all the joint assets belonged to him because he was the worker. And the wife, and this was very common pre-1977, the wife didn't work. So in that case... They used to say the estate was taxable. When they changed the estate tax laws a couple of years later, then there was no tax between husband and wife, but the IRS had to take, they were stuck with the position they took pre-1977. So if a husband and wife purchased a house before 1977 and the husband was working, the wife wasn't, which was not uncommon back then, then the wife gets a full stepped-up basis, which means for the sake of argument, if she had an investment property worth $2 million dollars, on the day the husband died, and she sold that property for $2 million. This, again, assuming they purchased it before 1977, January 1st, 1977, and the wife wasn't working at the time, she can sell that property completely tax-free. And again, I know this sounds confusing. You don't have to remember it. But if somebody passes away or somebody you want to talk about taxes, give us a call at Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You'll listen to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500 718-238-6500 or Connors & Sullivan. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. We've been talking, you know, taxes. We've been talking about estate taxes, death taxes. 
And, you know, we mentioned the, the numbers with the IRS and the $12,900,000 that goes out tax-free. And it's, it's possible, let's say a husband dies, going back to Alan King, the husband always dies first. And then the wife, what does she have to do, Arena, to make sure she can leave $25 million tax-free? And by 25, it's really almost $26 million. Uh, yes, that's uh, where the estate planning is actually very important because um, last year in 2022, the IRS uh, issued new rules uh, about the portability. Uh, it's uh, you can use uh, the decedent spouse exclusion um, if you file timely. Uh, estate tax return, even if you don't owe anything and otherwise you're not required to file. So let's say um, husband worth one million died in 2019 and uh, there were no 706 filed for portability. Then at wife's death, let's say in 2026 and her assets worth 10 million. Uh, the estate taxes will be owed uh, of about 1.4 million, uh, assuming uh, we are back to uh, 6 million exclusion after 2025. But with planning and filing for portability, and um, if the husband died, a portability is elected, uh, we have his exclusion amount, 10.4 million. Um, as of 2019, and uh, let's say it wife this in 2026, the state tax will be zero. And so what IRS did, they extended the filing period for portability to five years from date of death. Yeah, and the reason for that is there, there were a lot of people that the, didn't realize that they had to do it. So let, let's say your spouse died four years ago. And you didn't file for portability. You still have another year where you can do so. And let me give an example on that. Let's say we had a husband and wife. Um, they had a $10 million estate that was joint back a few years ago. Husband had half $5 million. The wife has inherited some assets, let's say now, from her family or whatever. And she's got a, a $15 million estate. Well, if she dies today, her family's going to have to pay a substantial estate tax, New York City and federal, would be way more than a million dollars. But at least as federal, if she can file on her husband's estate within five years of his death, she carries over his whatever, let's say he had five million back then, she would carry over his, let's say it was 12 million then, and I think I'm wrong on that number, I'm a little low. But she can get seven million dollar credit on his estate, which here's the thing, let's talk about a couple that's alive today. They're New York State residents. They have a $16 million estate. Now, husband dies now. Wife doesn't have to pay taxes. She files for portability. We, again, we'll say they have a $16 million estate. Half is $8 million. She files on that. The husband, she can carry over her husband's almost $13 million to her estate as far as the federal government is tax-free. And if there's some reason she's moves to Florida, which is a lot of times why people are moving to Florida. She can leave an estate of close to $26 million tax-free because there's no death tax, estate tax in Florida as opposed to New York, which has a tax over 
$2.5 million. So in the numbers that we're talking about, you could easily save your children $2 million. And, of course, even New Jersey, um, New Jersey doesn't have an estate tax to children or a death tax to children, what's inheritance. You know, so in other words, if you move from uh, somewhere in Staten Island to Elizabeth in New Jersey and you have a $12 million estate, all of a sudden your kids do not have to pay a tax. A death tax, where if they you were New York residents, they'd have to pay about one million two hundred thousand dollars in taxes. So, you know, if you've got those type of assets, you need to plan, and you know you can't wait necessarily. And again, if you do have a spouse that has substantial assets, or you have substantial assets, this would uh, another thing that a lot of people don't understand or fully appreciate. Let's say it's a second marriage, husband died. A few years ago, he only had $100,000, let's say, in, in his name. And the surviving spouse says, well, he had no assets. I don't have to file. I won't file. But you can still file and then take his almost, depending on what year he died, let's say $12 million. We can carry over his $12 million to the wife's estate. And she, as far as the federal government is concerned, can leave $25, 26 million tax-free. So it's very important if if you have these type of assets where we have more than $6 million worth of assets, $6.5 million. If you have more than $6.5 million worth of assets, you need to do some tax planning. Now, if you have less than $6.5 million worth of assets, you don't necessarily have to do tax planning, but you want to avoid probate because sometimes during COVID, we saw people practically lose their estates, you know, without planning going through probate. And if somebody had a co-op that's worth $500,000 and they had a $200,000 mortgage and they went through probate, which means they died with a stock certificate in their name alone when they died, well, then the family would have to go to court to sell the assets. And there were some judges in New York who didn't do anything for two years during COVID, which means even if you had a will leaving everything to your two kids equally, they would have to wait for the court to approve the will, which could take two years. And if you're paying two years of mortgage, maintenance, and whatever, you could lose virtually all the equity in your co-op. Now, I haven't seen it happen too much in a house. Usually there's some equity left. But if you had a mortgage, you're still going to lose a substantial amount of the equity in the house if you go through probate. And probate is, you know, sometimes, you know, and if you have missing relatives, you have missing relatives or... Um, relatives are going to contest your will. Probate can take years, and you can lose a lot in assets. So, again, if if you, you have assets in your name alone, you want to do a plan so those assets are not in your name alone, and we can avoid probate at the end where your children, your heirs, whether it's children, heirs, friends, relatives, do not have to go through court after you're gone, and that's our goal. I have a question. Now, this is the year 2023. And taxes have to be filed by what date? Taxes must be filed by April 18 for this year. Is it too late right now to do estate planning for this year? Did it have to have been done last year? This is due date for uh, income taxes, but the estate tax planning you can do any time. Yeah, now if you were making... Gifts for estate tax planning has to be done during the calendar year. 
Correct. So that would be for last year. So because I know a lot of times when we talk about Medicaid planning, you might have one month to do it. You know, like if you do it now, then the next month you're okay. But right now we're talking about 2023 and all of your estate planning needed to have been done last year because the taxes are not for this year. They're for 2022. Yeah. As as far as the IRS is concerned, it's a calendar year. Um, now as far as gifts, and we get a question on this a lot, if you want to reduce your estate and the year, the number for the gift tax, where you do not have to file a gift tax is $17,000. Um, so let's say we have a husband and wife and, and they're in a position where they want to reduce their estate and they have a husband and wife. They have two children. Both children are married. The husband gives $17,000 to his son. $17,000 to his daughter, $17,000 to his son-in-law, $17,000 to his daughter-in-law. That's not counting grandchildren or everything else, but that's $68,000 he can give away today, and he doesn't have to file a gift tax return next year. The wife can do the same thing, which basically comes out to, what, $132,000 they can give away without having to file gift tax returns. But I have a warning here. Do not confuse taxes with Medicaid. If you give away $168,000 or whatever number and you're tax-free, that's fine. But if, God forbid, let's say the husband goes to a nursing home in a couple of months and they gave away $168,000, Medicaid is going to impose a penalty on that gift. So basically, husband and wife, husband has a stroke, he has to go to a nursing home in a couple of months. Then at that point, then at that point, Medicaid is going to impose a penalty and $68,000 basically that's going to impose a penalty of about 13, 14 15 months which means the wife has to pay for the husband's nursing home bill for 15 months which otherwise we could have done a spouse refusal and the husband would have played paid virtually nothing for his nursing home stay so you have to understand the rules the Rules on taxes and the rules on Medicaid are two separate rule books. People think, you know, for years and years, it was $10,000. For years and years, it was $10,000. It's been gradually increased for inflation to, you know, $17,000 now this year. And people think, well, if I gave $10,000 to each one of my grandchildren, I have 10 grandchildren, I save my assets from a nursing home. No, you don't. You reduce your taxable estate. And if your taxable estate is solidly under $6,500,000, there's no reason to reduce your taxable estate. If you want to make gifts to the grandchildren or whatever, fine, do it. And there are also different things we can do to uh, maybe not even make some gifts. Like if one of the grandchildren is going to college, maybe they pay the college tuition. If we make the check straight to the college, that's not a gift. You're paying for education. And the same thing, Some in some cases, one of your children needs a car. You buy a car. You put it in your name and you give it to your kids later. Again, that may not be considered a gift. So it, it is tricky um, because there are different rules for different situations. There's rules for New York State. There's rules for Medicaid. There's rules for the IRS. And they really don't have that much to do with each other. So, again, if you're trying to put a plan together, give us a call. You know, maybe when you're doing your taxes, it's a good time of year. Maybe when you're doing your taxes, it's a good time of year to to do this planning. But again, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you, Arena. Thank you. 
If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. We've been talking about taxes, you know, all all day today on the show. And, and let me get to one point we didn't get, we didn't cover yet, and that's gift taxes. And there's a lot of confusion in this area. You know, like some people say, well, I, I thought you can only give away $17,000. And by the way, that number has been increased for inflation from 10000 up to 17000 as January 1st. So if you give away more than $17,000 per person, you're obligated to file a gift tax return. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay taxes. And for most people, you don't. Um, so we, we talked about the example. You got a husband and wife. They've got two children. Both children are married. Husband gives $17,000 to his son, $17,000 to his daughter, $17,000 to his son-in-law, $17,000 to his, um, daughter-in-law. So that's $68,000. He doesn't have to pay a tax. Wife can do the same thing. Now, again, you got to be a little careful because be- what you can do as far as the IRS and gift taxes has nothing to do with Medicaid. That same gift will cause a uh, 13, 14-month penalty for a nursing home Medicaid. So let's say if the husband, we make that gift, the husband three years later has a stroke and he has to go to a nursing home, the wife may not be able to do a straight spouse refusal because of that $168,000 gift which would cause a 14-month penalty for nursing home care, which means the wife then has to pay for 14 months of the nursing home. Now, where we didn't cover earlier, where there's a lot of confusion, some people think, well, if I give away more than $17,000, I have to file a gift tax return. Yes. Do you owe taxes? No. For 99% of the people, there's no gift tax due. So if you gave away, you know, let's say you... you you know, came into a lot of money. You inherited a million dollars, two million dollars from your uncle, aunt. And, you know, you said, I got four kids. I don't really need this million dollars or let's say you inherited two million. I'm going to give a million dollars to my kids now. Yes, you're obligated to file a return. But at the same time, there's no gift tax due until your lifetime gifts, as far as the federal government is concerned, exceeds the 12,900,000 number we went 
over earlier. So if if you gave away $10 million today and it's the only gift you ever made and it's the only gift you're ever going to make in your lifetime, then you should file a gift tax return. But as far as the federal government is concerned, there's no gift tax due. Now, New York State would say if you died within three years of making that gift, they would take that gift back into the estate and then your estate would owe a million dollars in um, taxes. And of course, one of the problems, if you do something like that, which is kind of stupid, but if you did do something like that, where's the million dollars going to come from to pay for the taxes? And that could leave your executor on the hook because let's say you gave the $10 million we just talked about to three different kids and one kid's the executor and then he could or she could be on the hook for that you know, gift tax. And it could be a very ugly situation because maybe two of the children squandered the money. Um, so you got to be very careful about making gifts. In New York State, if you make any gifts during your lifetime, if you live three years, then the gift is not included in your taxable estate. If you live more than three years, it's not includable in your taxable estate. And of course, there's no federal gift tax of $12,900,000. And that's $12,900,000 for a husband, $12,900,000 for a wife. So that's way over $25 million. You do not owe a gift tax. So gift tax is not a problem you know, for the middle class ordinarily. Now, if you're up in those numbers, then obviously you need to do some specific planning. But let me just throw some things at you. That means, you know, tax planning just doesn't mean estates and gift taxes. Let's say for the sake of argument, you have a $3 million building. Again, we're going to use the term you, used for, you paid $50,000 for it um, 30 years ago. And the building is worth $3 million today. You say, hey, I can give that house, I can give that building to my children, and I don't have to pay a gift tax. Absolutely correct. But let's say your estate is under $6.5 million, you're single, or under uh, $13 million, you're married, New York State residents. You give that away. Well, when your children sell that house, they're going to have a capital gain of, let's say, maybe you, you depreciated the house to practically zero if you bought it 30 years ago. They're, they're going to have to pay a capital gain on the difference between what the tax basis is. And we're going to say in this case, let's say $20,000, close to zero. And let's say $3 million when they sell it. You just cost your kids a million dollars in taxes. Because if you put it in a trust and held it till after you're gone and you had control of the beneficiaries under that trust, then in that case, you know, they would pay no capital gains on your death. They would get the stepped-up basis. And if they sold that property for $3 million, they could have put $3 million in their pocket after their closing costs. Yes, you have to pay some sales taxes in New York. There's no way around it. They take that out of the closing. For the most of the time, you don't even see that money. They just take it before you can blink your eye. But you know, they do not have to pay capital gains taxes. They do not have to pay an income tax. So you got to do the right, the things in the right way. And that's why in a lot of cases, we recommend a trust agreement. You know, the, most of the trust agreements we do, we keep the stepped up basis. So which means if the property is worth a million dollars when you pass away and your children sell that property for a million dollars soon after you're gone, they do not pay capital gains taxes. If they hold the property and rent it out, it's a business property, you rent it out. They get a tremendous depreciation break. Like I said, on a $1 million property, you know, it's practically $25,000 a year for which they do not have to pay income tax on the rents received. And, and I know it gets confusing because, again, we have one set of rules for Medicaid. We have one set of rules for the IRS. 
we have another set of rules for New York State. And it does get confusing, but it's not that hard. It's not rocket science, as I keep telling our younger attorneys here. You know, you can work out a plan to optimize your taxes, and that's our goal, to try to optimize taxes, to get your family to pay the least amount we need to pay legally. We don't want to play games. We don't want to get in trouble with the IRS. We want to do things legally, but we still want to optimize the tax savings for your family, and we want to do it right. And actually, there are a lot of things we can do. Remember, it's $12.9 million free of estate tax as far as the federal government is concerned. And if, if you're out there right now and say, well, I got a $10 million estate, guess what? You probably got a house in Florida anywhere, a condo in Florida. Make Florida your primary residence, and then that way you can save that million dollars that would go to New York State. Now, to make Florida your primary residence, not as easy as some people think. Some people think, well, I'll change my voting registration to there. Um, I'll put my driver's license there and, and file my tax return from there, and then I'm a Florida resident, right? No. To be a resident, if you get audited, you have to spend more than half the year in that state, or at least more there than you did in New York. So you got to be careful. You get audited, they know where you live. Some people think, well, I find my tax return from there. I got my driver's license there. I live there. But it's not quite as simple as that. You get audited, they know where your cell phone's ping. Have you ever watched those murder shows, which we watch all, all the, time? the time? We watch them all the time. You know, and then somebody pings, their cell phone pings off a tower, you know, in the in Brooklyn and it pings there every day, well, that means you're probably not living in Florida. Uh-oh. And I know some of you guys out there say, well, I gave my cell phone to my son. Um, but there are other things. So probably if you take the easy pass, they got your picture in the car going for, back and <laughs> driving, forth. Driving to Jersey. Right. But they probably got your picture in the car a couple of times if they really want to want to get you. And, I mean, the cell phone is number one. Where you charge your credit cards to if you charge your credit card to for a restaurant in brooklyn you know every day of the week or your, your groceries are charged to your credit card every day of the week well then they know you don't live in florida and you can you can always angle against one of those things but when you put it all together you know your credit cards were used in brooklyn your um cell phones pinging off brooklyn your car is going through the Easy Pass lane at the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, you know, so forth and so on. You log into your computer in Brooklyn. You know, like I said, you can angle, you can argue against one of the things. But when they put it all together, it's going to be very hard. And you know what's going to happen with 80,000 new armed and ready IRS agents? You're going to get a knock at your door and they're going to handcuff you and take you to prison. Well, I don't know if you go to prison. You don't go to prison for killing somebody today. I seriously doubt you're going to go to prison. No, you go to prison for this. Well, it is a federal crime and the the federal (laughs) government is a lot harder on these type of things than than, uh, New York State. But and and. There are even more ways. I mean, they can check. I've seen this happen. You know, you live in Florida. You say you live in Florida all year. And then in July and August, you were in Florida, and the average temperature was 95 degrees in that town. And then you got an air conditioning bill of $10, you know, electricity bill of of 10 bucks. We live on the beach. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then meanwhile, you know, you got an electricity bill in Brooklyn of hundreds of dollars for air conditioning. So, oh goodness! It's don't plan on committing fraud. It's too good a shot. You're gonna get caught. They're get you. Play by the rules, 
and we'll help you play by the rules. We may go as far as possible in trying to use the rules for your benefit, but play by the rules, play it straight. We can get a lot done. Remember, we can get $25, $26 million out as far as the IRS is concerned, $13 million as far as New York State is concerned. So, like I said, you know, play by the rules and we can get a lot out. So, again, if you want to give us a call about this kind of stuff, and listen, it's in my DNA. I don't want your children to pay taxes. It hurts me occasionally when I have a client says, well, ah, what difference does it make if they pay taxes? You know, I work for this, not them. Who cares? Please. If that's your attitude, maybe, well, I'll still see you and try give to change your Give it to a charity, mind. not the government. Right. And that's one of the things, too. You know, sometimes you can use, and we haven't used it a lot, but let's say you're a New York State resident and you're single and, you know, you got a $7 million estate and you got some kids and you want to leave as much as possible to your kids, but... At the same time, we can do the numbers to you where if you give $500,000 away to charity, you can, in effect, almost get a 600000 tax saving. So your children end up with $100,000 more in their pocket, and you're giving $500,000 to charity instead of $600,000 to the government. That's New York State. And I know the numbers sound weird or something, but if you want, we can go in, we go over our computer programs, and you see how it is. I heard one of our clients, I didn't hear this term before, Santa Claus clause, that again, we do it, we leave the assets. If there's a taxable amount in the estate, which let's say you have a $7 million estate in New York and you got a $500,000 tax bill, if you do nothing and you leave $400,000 to charity, you could in effect save $500,000 in taxes. And I know the numbers sound weird, but believe me, you can do it. So who would you rather give $500,000 to New York State or $400,000 to charity? And we can have a what if in, a, you know, in our clauses and our wills because you know we don't know where the tax laws are going to be in the future. Um, I could never predict that we would be in a position in New York State where literally sometimes if you give away $100,000, we could get a $130,000 refund. And so, again, would you rather get a $130,000 refund and give $100,000 to charity? And especially if it's charity. And, you know, if you want to talk about charities with us, we got dozens there of great are charities. are wonderful charities out there. Depending on what your interest is, you know, like whether you want to help, you know, Father Paul. He doesn't need a lot of money to get by, but he does wonderful work with the money he does get. So if, if you want to talk about giving money to Father Paul's charity... St. Francis in Beirut, again, we play the commercials, St. Jude's. Um, they got a great marketing department. They raise a lot of money. God bless them. Um, but if you want to leave something to St. Jude's, great. You know that Cancer Research, the John Wayne Cancer Foundation, and Texas Tech University. Right. So if, there are a lot of charities. So if you want to give us a call, we can talk it off. I'm not sure what charities I want to leave things to. We can give you a list, and we can talk about it, the pros and cons. But, again, you can give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Manhattan. I go to each one of the offices. If you want to see me, you can give us a call and say, if you want to see me, you can say, give us a call and see me at uh, whichever office is more convenient for you. I go to each office, and it's it's not that hard to get me. So, again, if you want to schedule an appointment with me, Mike Connors, please free Feel free to do that. If you want Otto in on the appointment, you got to call way in advance because he doesn't always go to the outer office. He's very busy. <laughs> but he's more than happy to meet with you. 
He goes and sees people in their homes when they're all alone. Otto is wonderful. Okay, so again, we'll take a short break, and then we'll wrap things up. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, Michael, if you have an email question for us, where do they send it? You're going to want to reach us at askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Connors spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S. Askmikeconnors at gmail.com. All right, Beth, we had a, a question that came in the other day. I forget the name because I read it and I, I don't, couldn't find it right That's now. That's okay. It's a good question. It's, it's a good question because everybody's – it's something you worry about. You come in, you do your will, everything's done, you take it home. Well, wait, what do I do with it? Where do you keep an original will? Because the original will, is that the only thing that you can probate? Yeah, ordinarily – you know, I mean, it's, it's it's a difficult proceeding to go through a lost will proceeding. So you do not want to lose the original of your will. You don't want to lose the original of your will, which the question comes in, where do you keep the original will? A lot of times what I recommend in, in some cases that maybe the children, the child, the executor, the person who's the executor keeps the will because, um, you know, you're never going to need your will. Now, if you want to change it, that could be a little delicate and you're taking that person out. But, you know, let's say you have children, you're in a stable family situation, maybe one of your reliable children keeps a copy of the will because, again, you're never going to need it. You lose your original will, there could be a long delay. Now, a lot of people say, well, what if I go and I put my will in a safe deposit box in a bank? It's safe there. Yes. Well, it is usually pretty safe, but I've seen safe boxes broken in and looted. Um, and not that if somebody goes into your safe deposit box, they want to steal your will, but they may dump everything in a suitcase or a pillowcase or whatever they're carrying to carry your goods out and they'll take your will and they're not going to come back later and says oh i just wanted the jewelry i didn't want you know to take the original will and here it is back you know and and i've seen safe to boxes looted and it happens more than you think and sandy there were a few banks here and there that uh, the basement of the bank was flooded and salt water corroded everything and ruined the, the copies of the will and also most banks and they're getting some pushback on this. But a lot of banks where, let's say even you have a safe deposit banks, husband and wife, uh, husband dies, wife wants to go to the box. A lot of the banks will freeze the box. And even if it's a joint account and it goes to the spouse, a lot of times they will freeze the box and you can't get in it and you need a court order to get it open. And that can be a hassle. And I've seen litigation even with banks where a bank doesn't allow a joint tenant into the bank. You get a court order to let them into it, but the banks don't care. They just, they, you know, customer service doesn't seem to be part of the game plan anymore with a lot of banks. And there are a lot of banks with, you know, vicious bureaucracy and bureaucrats who just don't want to be of service. And a lot of times they will seal the box when they find out you died. And you might say, well, how are they going to find out that I died? Well, the number one way they're going to find out if you have a pension check or social security check that's going into the bank. Now, 
you pass away, the funeral director tells Social Security that you passed away, and then Social Security tells the bank to stop their stopping payments because you passed away. And so the bank then finds out that you passed away, and their computer system will automatically shut down your safe deposit box. So it's it's not that easy to get a court order to get it open, and it's a hassle. And ordinarily, we're trying to do our planning so we don't make hassles for you know our children. I mean, another thing you can do, I mean, the court, you can go to the surrogate's court and file your will there, which I suppose is probably about as safe as place as you want, because who's going to want to break into the surrogate's court to start stealing wills? But at the same time, the one problem I've seen on this, let's say uh, you file your will in, in Brooklyn, Kings County surrogate's court, and then you move to Florida, and then 10 years later, nobody realizes that you have your will in the Kings County surrogate's court in Brooklyn. Um, even if you move to Queens, the same thing may happen. You, you move 10 blocks from, you know, in Ridgewood from the Brooklyn side to the Queens side, and then you pass away in Queens, and then somebody goes on the, you know, checks the system in Queens. Your will's not on file with the surrogate court. It's in file in Brooklyn, and I don't think they've got anywhere close to a unified system yet. I mean, eventually, sooner or later, something like that's probably going to happen. But you want to keep the, the will in a safe place. Um, uh, uh, sometimes what we can do, let's say you have children, let's say you have two children, maybe they open up a safe deposit box and they put you on as the deputy power of attorney. So you can go into the box while you're alive and your children, if you pass away as a deputy, they don't freeze the box and your children can go into it later. And, you know, yeah, you're playing the odds a little bit. You're playing the odds that your children will survive you. But I think of all the scenarios that we're talking about, I think that's one of the better, you know, better odds that you have. If somebody owns, dies owning a safe deposit box, um, you know, it, it it's a problem. And the question is, some people, I think, have safe deposit boxes that don't need it. Um, again, you don't need a safe deposit box to keep your deed, to keep your insurance policies, to, you know just to keep your will in and of itself. You don't really need, a lot of people don't need the safe deposit boxes. And of course, a lot of banks are getting out of it because too many times they get involved in a hassle where, you know, they don't want to tell you, no, you can't get in the box and they don't like the bad public relations that comes from it. And they're not crazy about it either. Can the IRS ask to look at somebody's safe deposit box to see if there's any money in it or anything? Well, I've never seen the IRS look at a safe deposit box. Years ago, New York State used to freeze the box so they could look at it. But I, I think over time, they figured out that if people had cash in the box, they figured a way to get it out. Um, so they've pretty much given given that up. And here's one of the things. Yes, if you have a lot of cash in your safe deposit box, you may spark some kind of audit. But it's still not against the law to have cash in a safe deposit box. Some people think that. Now, yes, it will be reported, and it might be a red flag to somebody, hey, take a look, why did this guy, depending on how much cash is in the box, I mean, if it was $10,000 or as close to that, I don't think it's going to spark any kind of audit. But yeah, if you had $100,000 in your safe deposit box, you know, New York State is going to be alerted if the box is frozen and they do an inventory. New York State's going to be alerted that there's cash in the box. But even then, wait till the will is probated, and then ordinarily you don't have to, you know, do a you know an audit in front of an auditor for the for the bank in New York State. Um, I don't 
I don't like keeping a lot of cash in the box and jewelry and things like that because you don't want it frozen. But there's no law about keeping cash in a safe deposit box. Um, you know, there probably will be. You know, I'm convinced sooner or later cash is going to be illegal in the United States, but it's still not right now. You know, but you do see politicians, they get, uh, there, there was a guy who's former Speaker of the House, I think, Dennett Hassett. Maybe I'm wrong. I shouldn't say that because maybe I'm wrong. But he was uh, indicted because he was taking $4,000 out of the bank at different time periods. He was being blackmailed and he was taking cash and he got in trouble. And of course, Governor Spitzer, uh, his downfall was because he took $4,000 out of his bank account. And because he was a public official, they kept track of it. And that led to the investigation, which led to his removal as governor. So I don't know how we got on to this. It's been a strange day today. And, and you know, on our it's taxes, it does it to us each year. All right. But in any event, if you want to do things right, we'll give it our best shot. Give us a call at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Thank you for listening to our show today. I know it's boring for a lot of you to talk about taxes. We'll try to have somebody more interesting on next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. We're gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.